Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like commodity. Back on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old don't know value blues. Welcome everybody to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and everything it takes to create value as a trusted expert for your clients. We're in season four, which is trusted expert season. And today I am thrilled to have Eric Mulvin, who's the owner of PacBiz, uh, an inbound call center organization. Eric, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, you know, here I am thinking trusted advisor and people are, 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 outsourcing their customer experience to somebody else that can't be about being trusted expert it's there's nothing further from the truth so right so uh, tell us about tell us about why that's not true absolutely well uh you know i've learned from my experience you know when i first started the call center because i built it from scratch and uh you think about pricing and that's why people decide which, which uh, center to work with. And so you think, Oh, I'm going to make sure we have the most competitive price. And after losing enough opportunities, you start to realize, no, there's something else there. That is something that businesses are really looking for. And yeah, it wasn't until you know, a few years into the, the call center industry when I, and running the call center, I realized, yeah, like the cost of this not working out is really the biggest cost. You know, the, the, they can go and find dozens of companies that can do the same thing you're doing, but they want to make sure that you could actually do what you're saying you can do. And I think in the business world, that's so common. Uh, we don't trust other businesses because everyone says they could do everything. And uh, in reality, we know that's not true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of your clients, you told me this before uh, in our pre-interview that that uh, you've got a good chunk of your clients in the taxi and the transportation business. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Uh, you're running a taxi service. You know how to buy cars, maintain cars, get drivers, get you know, um, get get passengers and drivers connected efficiently. And it's kind of outside of your. It could easily be outside of your expertise to figure out how to handle customer service calls and. And that call center, and if that fails, man, the the there's a key link in your business that gets broken, and your customer relationships can really suffer. So that expertise in running an inbound call center, if you run any kind of a business, it's not your core competence. Yeah, exactly. I think that was that's one of the biggest selling points I try to make when businesses 
especially if they've never outsourced before. It's like, look, you did not start this business to run a call center. I did, but you didn't. And, you know, you could choose to fill your office full of uh, really high level staff that'll be managing other things and doing operations and, and helping support grow the business. Or you could try to figure out to devote resources for paying close to minimum wage generally, typically, uh, this, this role that you're going to have constant turnover, constant challenges. And it takes, like you said, away from your core competency. Uh, and so, like for me, I started, my first business was a taxi business uh, out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And that's how we started the call center because we were busy answering the phones, trying to deal with drivers, deal with uh, getting new business in. And I was like, this isn't why we started this. This is, I mean, we're staying up all night. My co my business partner wasn't getting any sleep because people were calling to go to the airport at three in the morning. Uh, and so that was my first kind of light bulb. Like, hey, other businesses are facing the same challenge. Uh, how can we help solve that for them? And, you know, brilliant. So that's like level one. And so I have level one, I have different, I think of different levels of the customer experience and level zero is just hire people and let them do the best they can. Level one is just make sure that the, whoever your customer is talking to at that, in, a, in any given moment, isn't the one that loses that client relationship. Just Make every sure that make sure that everybody knows that they aren't the one to lose. So play not to lose. Don't be the long pole in the tent. <laughs> and you know that's an improvement. Uh, the next level is everybody seek to delight your customer, and so you're empowered within some narrow scope to delight your customer and go beyond just not pissing them off. And you know what? If you're an outsourced call center agent you can get all the way up to that level two with some good due diligence and a great uh, manager, right? Absolutely. Um, and we talked about having your people go native because you don't just have, you know, 50 call, 150 call center agents and one call they're taking is for this taxi firm and the next call they're taking is for somebody else. They actually are virtual employees of one employer, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, it, it's pretty interesting. You know, we, when I talk to a lot of people, they're used to the other model. And uh, I really like the relationships that we're able to build with the clients because if you're, if you're a call center agent and you're taking calls for 10 different companies or any number of companies that are just all in the same industry, you don't really get to learn about the city they're in. You don't get to learn about what are the specifics. And so, yeah, how can you delight that customer when you don't even have an opportunity to know about that business to delight them? Like if they're asking a question, hey, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm here in, on vacation and we're looking for a place to eat tonight. Do you guys have a recommendation? We'd be able to do that if that person's been taking calls for that city for three, six months, or in many cases, years, actually. <laughs> They become they, they really get to know the city so much that like I, I have conversations with people that have provided support for Phoenix. And I have I talk about Phoenix like they live here. It's crazy. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I went to the Suns game and oh, did you go to Scottsdale before the game and <laughs> go to some bars? So. so so 
you know, that's what I would, I had somebody, uh, a guest say that they called that going native. So that at your client, um, you know, they, they get to listen to your calls. They get call recordings. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty soon they're saying, you know what? We listened to another one of Miranda's calls. And this was really great. Right. Because they know your call center agents and they know, oh, yeah. by, they know them by name and they know they know which ones are doing a great job. And suddenly you're a key part of your principles, your clients business. Absolutely. And, you know, we just celebrated our seventh year uh, this past well, this month in February. And uh, a lot of the businesses we've been working with for five, six, seven years. And that progression, you know, it might have started out as uh, that level zero you talked about, or maybe level one. But over time, we've been able to develop and earn the trust of the clients where, all right, you guys can handle this. You guys can handle that. And now we've had up to three, uh, three tiers of support for our clients. And we're doing things that they never would have trusted anyone outside of their organization in the past. You know, um, suddenly you are the trusted advisor. You're the trusted expert in that, that area. And, you know, it took me a couple minutes to wrap my head around the fact that an outside company can be outsourced to do that. But so what does it take um, to actually do that? One thing you mentioned was that your agents are dedicated to a client. And so they get to know that client's business and that client's customers. Anything else? Uh, well, I, I feel like we look for businesses that we could develop that relationship with. So, you know, I was reaching out to some of my managers and staff asking for like, all right, what, what are some examples over the years or maybe previous, uh, call centers they work for where you had an opportunity to delight the customer or not? And how did that impact things? And, uh, it really, I could tell that we have attracted people, people, they said that their last job they worked at, they left because they weren't empowered to fix the problem for the customer. They'd have to transfer them somewhere else, or uh, they don't have the opportunity to even solve it. And so now they're telling me that they love their job because the customers, the, the clients give them the empowerment. They could, they, we actually coach them live. We have staff that's available to coach them to help solve the problem so it doesn't get transferred uh, because they trust the, the customer service agent versus, you know, how do you build that level of trust when you're just a uh, surface level with that uh, client? So yeah, it's really awesome to get that deep knowledge. And then it, you become again, part of the company. So we're in company meetings, you know, if there's issues happening in the supply chain, we're finding about it too, because we have to communicate that to the customers. Uh, and so you really become, an extension of their business and not just this vendor that's out on the edge of your company. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, so there are companies that don't want that or that can't take advantage of that. There are customers, clients that make your agents miserable because they make their customers miserable. Um, You were telling me a little bit about those and um, walk through what, what makes what makes one of those kind of clients? And uh, are you at the point in your business where you realize that those clients are more brain damaged than they're worth? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
can you repeat that question? Yeah, well, but I, it was two questions and that wasn't fair. Um, <laughs> are there kind of, is there a customer that makes your clients and your agents miserable? And what, is, what do they look like? Can, and how soon can you tell that uh, a client is one of those, is one of that guy kind of clients? Yeah, so great question about, yeah, when we have clients that make our staff miserable, we're looking for that. Uh, one of our missions is to create jobs where the employees are really happy and that they stick around a long time. And if they're doing something that they hate, like an example would be like, you know, if you're the person that has to read all the people that report spam on Facebook <laughs> or report that this is, you know, whatever, and all you're doing is just looking at the worst of the internet. I would never want to provide jobs like that because our staff would be miserable. Uh, and so I look for things that people would feel like at the end of the day that they're actually contributing something or they've, they've accomplished something or helping people. Uh, and so that kind of narrows it down a bit, but we have come across that, you know, uh, where they, uh, we, we have come across it where they are just not a good fit for our company. And whether we come across it in the onboarding process and training, uh, we had a client, I, I started with training and I talked about it with our account manager and we already had one agent that was, that quit out of the training process because they were so, they were like, I didn't think that this is the kind of client that you guys would work with. Uh, and it was the client, what they said the job was going to be is completely different than what they were training us on. So we had to walk away. And I wanted to use that as an example to our employees that, you know, we really care about the kind of businesses that we bring on. Uh, because we want them to matter to you guys. We want this to be a place that you could build a career around. And uh, so it, it definitely goes uh, full yeah. circle there. And so, you know, here we are in the middle of the great resignation. You're having a hard time keeping people. Um, is that what drove you to the, the realization that you can only take clients that your people like to work on? Or, or did that predate the great resignation? Oh, that definitely predated the great resignation. Uh, our focus has been to provide great support to businesses. And if we can't do that, yeah, it's it really limits us. <laughs> uh, so I really seek out those businesses that are trying to provide a great experience that actually care about their experience. And especially these days, there is no end of tools out there to automate your customer support, to put in self-service tools so that you don't have to actually talk to a human being. And so we're looking for companies that say, no, we still want there to be a human connection with our brand, but we need to make sure that it's going to be a good experience across the whole board. Uh, and they're a lot more fun to work with. <laughs> you know, you get an opportunity to uh, provide great support and to wow the customers all the time. Uh, you know, the agents go home every day happy because they, they just are able to help everyone out every day. Sure. Where are your agents located? You have, I imagine you've got a couple um, locations around the world. Uh, we just have one uh, location where we're based at the moment, and it's Dumaguete, Philippines. It's a nice little college town, uh, about two hundred fifty thousand people there. <laughs> so. And and so here you are employing a bunch of Filipino call center agents, and you're making sure that they are not miserable call center agents, that they're, that they're happy doing what they're doing. 
uh, even in a small college town in Philippines, half a world away, you got to make sure that your people love coming into work. Maybe it's more true, huh? Because it's so hard to go over there and replace them. Yeah, well, we've always had a focus. Like, for example, I like to share this story. Our very first employee I hired now about eight, nine years ago, uh, she's the director of company culture. And I made that decision really early on when we had about 20 employees. And I didn't really learn until later on in my business career that that's pretty rare. There's companies with thousands of employees that don't even consider that. And so we've always cared about people and what they're doing in their jobs and making sure that they're happy. And uh, I, I think, you know, it's just always been part of our DNA from the very beginning. So it's hard to not look for those kind of jobs. And uh, like one of the things that drove us to be HIPAA compliant is I found that we had a bunch of nurses just working customer service jobs, taking taxi calls. And so I thought, well, they would probably be a lot more fulfilled doing something in healthcare and in the medical field. And so let's see how we could mix this all together. <laughs> Uh, so creating opportunities like that, where they really feel self-fulfilled, uh, is really the end goal. And I know we can keep finding more, m make more of those connections. There's hundred plus million people in the Philippines. <laughs> That's great. Um, tell me more about your, you know, your, your pricing. You are not the cheapest call center and it sounds like, uh, you, you, beat your head against the wall trying to be the low-cost competitor at first and now you're you're purposely and proudly not uh tell us about what makes you different yeah absolutely well i you know went to school at asu did marketing i actually have a unique background uh you know getting to work in advertising uh, as well and so yeah i know a lot about the well, mark how important marketing is and the value of what people think you how you exist. So uh, I knew that there's a lot of competition out there. A lot of how do you stand out against all of those call centers? And being able to say that we're the best option out there for taxi customer service, it can be pretty powerful. Uh, so I have people that have been managing working with taxi companies for almost a whole decade now with some of the biggest taxi companies in the world. And they've been able to prove that over you know, time and time again, that uh, the work that we're able to do, because uh, for example, when we first started working with taxi companies, like I said, we did the basic level support, you know, that level zero. And over time, the amount of trust that we've earned where we're running dispatch, we're running managing drivers, uh, the, the amount of trust that the clients provide because we're handling a lot of the operations. If there's not enough drivers out there, you know, with Uber, you have surge pricing. With taxi companies, you have no caps and you just wait longer. Uh, and that's how things were before Uber. And it's still the case for taxi companies. And so how do you manage that? Uh, and it takes uh, people who are really skilled that have a deep knowledge of uh, what's happening in that city and keeping up with technology that's constantly changing, AI is being introduced. Uh, so yeah, it, being the trusted advisor, we're the ones recommending the clients, here's some new technology that you could introduce. I have this one client in Phoenix that created a technology for a rewards program. Here's some people in the UK that you guys can adapt. So things like that happen. 
And, uh, you know, then we have, I have clients that reach out all the time asking questions that have nothing to do with the call center because they know that I work with taxi companies all across the world. So, you know, it's really kind of interesting, uh, the amount of trust that clients do end up tra- placing with us. Yeah. Um, the key to being a trusted advisor is that you really understand the customer's world and their business uh, to the point where maybe you don't know more about it than your customer, but you know more about your part of their business than they do. And when you achieve that level of expertise, then um, you can be that trusted advisor and they do call you. You know, every time they call you and ask you one of those things, uh, a little bell should be going off in your head saying, I won credibility with this customer. They trust me so much. Um, that That is a trophy. When a customer calls you asking a question, asking your advice, you won a trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a great perspective because I just got that email this week. So it's fresh in and, my mind. And when your call center agents are getting those calls, they win a trophy. And that is, that is the rarest of all trophies. And that is uh, a customer trusts you, trusts you with their business. And that's, that's a big deal, I think. Yeah, definitely. Especially with the customer experience and, you know, something like transportation where, I mean, there's two biggest areas that impact that the ride, but then all of the communication leading up to and after the ride. And so we represent maybe 50% of the, the, the touch points with the customer. That's a huge part of the experience that could be positive or negative. Yeah. And it's not going to be a good experience if that part fails. Um, I, I used to say, well, I still say it, uh, <laughs> stop selling your stuff, grow your customer's business using your stuff. And that means you have to understand their business. And that has to, you mean you have to be a trusted expert. Uh, the fact that you focused where you started in that taxi business and that you're expanding wisely into other businesses where you think you can add value because you've got nurses on staff, for instance. Um, I think that's going to serve you really well, Eric. I, and I really appreciate what everybody, I hope people are learning lessons from you because you, you actually have a lot to, to teach people. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been holding this all back. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Thanks for the opportunity for letting me share with your audience here. <laughs> so how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about you and your business? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You can connect with me there, Eric Malvin, or you can visit the website, PAC dash biz.com and uh it you can schedule a call with me right there or uh, fill out a form and my assistant will uh, get in touch and you can get a call schedule super and eric moen thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the value clarity podcast thank you so much for having me again appreciate and, it and you bet and thanks everybody for joining us and i remind you that your the value for what you sell your value only exists in your customer's mind which means that sales, marketing, business, leadership, culture is a lot more like brain surgery than you might have thought. Thanks and have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy because value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're going to drive both of you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues because you'll be singing those old don't know value blues.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>